Thanks, Mark. Um, good morning. Good to see you all. My name is Ryan, one of the pastors here, and we're going to be looking at Psalm 107 this morning. I uh, hope you have all had a wonderful Christmas and Christmas week, and what a joy it is to get to be here closing out 2023, looking ahead to 2024 uh, with brothers and sisters in the Lord worshiping Him. And so I pray that this is an encouraging time for you. Psalm 107, if you have a Bible, I encourage you to open that up and follow along. It'll also be up here on the screen. And then, of course, there are the Bibles under the seats, so feel free to use those. And if you are physically able to stand, would you mind standing to honor the reading of God's Word? Psalm 107, beginning in verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds and songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. 
He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wandered in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, as we saying earlier, would you be our vision? Would you be the delight of our heart, the song on our, on our lips, the meditation of our souls? Lord, would you be near to us at this season of reflection and anticipation? God, I pray that we would see you more clearly and that you would cultivate in us hearts of thanksgiving. Thank you for this time to worship you, to remember your works, and to look ahead with joy. We pray that your spirit would lead us in all truth and guide us in your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Well, I was recently challenged by the testimony of a fellow pastor, Gavin Ortland, from a, a video that he shared online about his rhythms of practicing gratitude. He shared the ways that he has tried in the last several years to be more mindful about all of the things that the Lord has, has given to him and to practice gratitude on a daily basis. And he disclosed how transformative that practice had been in his life, right? That this discipline is, uh, of practicing gratitude had helped cultivate in him not only a more grateful disposition towards everything, but it also led to greater peace and greater joy in his, in his own life and in his walk with the Lord. And listening to that video, I don't know, a few months ago, it made me realize how much I yearn to grow in that area and how much I need to grow in that area. How, how quickly, it helped me see how quickly I just jump from one activity to the next without really pausing to, to stop and reflect on how God has been at work, what God has done, and what he is doing. I, I want to grow so desperately in being deliberate, persistent, and even uh, in, to, to have an instinctual, grateful attitude. And perhaps that's something that you long for as well. Perhaps that's something that you, you desire in your own life. You know, how often does the, the pace of life make it challenging to really reflect on what you've been given? Or how much more vividly do we, we see the things that we lack over against the things which we already have? And of course, we do have these kind of collective rhythms of thankfulness and gratitude sort of all stacked at the end of the year in America here, Thanksgiving and Advent and Christmas, right? And we, we pause and we reflect and, and we give thanks. But it got me thinking 
what could it look like to live with that same level of intentional gratitude throughout the entire year, to do that individually and to do that collectively as a church? That is, what if, if this year, you know, in this season, December 31st here, we're looking backwards and reflecting on this year and we're looking ahead and making goals and all of that. What if rather than make resolutions or goals about the things that we want to achieve, which are usually oriented around what we don't have, what if instead we prioritized awareness of and thankfulness for what we already do have? What if this year we prioritized over against everything else growing in gratitude? And so in considering this, I found Psalm 107 to be such a beautiful model and picture of that kind of gratitude. You know, the psalm opens, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And it proceeds through the entire rest of the psalm with this beautiful exposition of the profound expression of God's goodness to his people. And then it concludes with this ending verse, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. That is, Let him look carefully at, watch over, kind of keep an eye on these things. And by these things, he means specifically the goodness of God that has been recounted throughout the psalm. In other words, the path of gratitude and the path of wisdom are the same path, and they're paved with the goodness of God. So for us travelers who are looking for ways to better attend to all that the Lord has done. I wanted to consider this morning uh, kind of unapologetically pragmatic and very practical devotion on the three areas of God's goodness that we can be grateful for at the turn of this year. So very practically, how can we be grateful for God's care, God's faithfulness, and God's provision? So we'll start with looking at gratitude for God's care. And in the psalm, the author reflects on how God has been good to people in a variety of different circumstances. In fact, four different circumstances to be precise. He looks at those who are lost. He says, some wandered in desert wastes. They're destitute. They have, they have nowhere to dwell. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They're exhausted. They don't, they don't have a home. They're wandering around looking for help, but they can't find any. Then there are those who are bound. It says some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. They're they're in bondage. They're described as being in prison and in irons. They're shackled. they're, They're enslaved. And importantly, they're in that condition because of their rebellion against God. Some, there are those who are afflicted. It says some were fools through their sinful ways. They sinned against God, they rejected him, and the rejection led to afflictions. And it led to such despair that they, they loathed even food. They wouldn't even take a bite to eat. And then there were those who are endangered. It says some went down to the sea in ships. And it describes how they're cast about by these mountainous waves, right? Their hearts sank and they feared for their lives because of what they faced. So we see these different categories and circumstances that people are in. 
They're lost, they're bound, they're afflicted, they're endangered. And we observe a, f- a few things. You know, almost certainly, the psalmist has in mind here the circumstances of the exile. That's the, the Israelites who, because of their persistent sinful rebellion against God, were captured by these invading forces and they were carried away into captivity. But interestingly, it's written in a way, with, it's not written talking about specific details or events. And so it's written, written in, a, in a general way that could be applied not only to a corporate experience for the Israelites, but to individual lives. Secondly, we see that the reasons for <clears throat> their conditions are, are varied. So some of those conditions are described as, as kind of being brought upon themselves. Uh, their, their environmental, if you will, or sorry, is not being brought upon themselves. They're environmental. They're beyond their control. They're kind of wandering in a desert and, and homeless, and they're tossed about in the sea. These things that they can't, they don't, they don't have any control over, right? But other conditions <clears throat> are caused by their actions. They're people who were sinful, rebellious, etc., and these are the consequences of their sins. So we see that there's, there's a precise context, but it's written generally. We see that there's a variety of conditions. But most importantly, there's something that runs through, a thread that runs through all of these. And that is that in all these conditions, regardless of the cause, they are people, they're talking about a people who are in distress. They're helpless. They're lost. They're in danger. They're in chains. They're hungry. They're suffering from exhaustion and despair, and they desperately are in need of help, which leads to the the point of emphasis that runs underneath all of this that the psalmist keeps coming back to again and again. The people in distress cry out to the Lord, and he delivers them. Each group with its varied descriptions and set of circumstances and causes and all of that, each group has the same refrain four times. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Four times it's repeated. So what is it that we can be grateful for as we reflect on this? We have a God who sees us in our place of need, and hears us when we call out to him. He sees us in our distress. He sees when we're struggling. He sees when we're isolated, when we're lonely, when we're despairing. He sees when we feel like we don't have enough to keep going. He sees when we are burdened with guilt and shame. He sees when we're wandering about just as lost as can be. He sees us, but he not only sees, he also hears. He hears us when we call to him, and he comes to deliver us. He wants to bring restoration to the broken part of our lives. He wants to bring healing to the wounds of our hearts. He wants to bring forgiveness to the the places of guilt and shame that we experience. He wants to break off the shackles from our feet and set us free to walk in him with joy. He's a good God, and we can give thanks to him. So this year, practically, like we were talking about, let us practice gratitude for a God who cares for us. What are ways that you have experienced this care from God in your own life? 
as you reflect this year on 2023? How have you witnessed his care for you? How can you give thanks to him? And as you move into the new year, how can you make it a rhythm to reflect on and give thanks to the God who cares for you, who sees you and who hears you? How can you make it a daily habit to remember that God is gracious to you and forgives your sin through your trust in Christ, even though he does not have to? One idea is to maybe each day to recall a specific difficulty that the Lord has delivered you from. Maybe it's a a distressing situation. Maybe it's some affliction. Maybe it's a struggle with sin. Maybe it's an illness. You've seen him at work in your life recently or in the, the distant past. Whatever it is, let that be the focus of your gratitude to God for that day. And then think about some kind of trigger. What would be a trigger for gratitude? So perhaps as you're checking out at the grocery store, you know, you're, you're buying something online. You go to, whenever you go to pay for those items, each time, you know, you pull out the, the credit card and you kind of moan a little bit, you remember how God has paid for your sin, for your redemption. And while you're there, you know, pushing the buttons on the, the keypad or you're typing in the stuff, you just take a moment and you say, thank you, Lord, that you care for me. Thank you, Lord, that you care. Or perhaps every time that you get a text message or your phone rings, you know, or you go to make a phone call, let that be a trigger to to remind you that God hears you when you call to him and that he's always there. So as you're typing out the message or you go to push the call button to, to make that call, take two seconds and in your heart or out loud, say, thank you, God, that you hear me when I call to you. How many, you know, dozens of times do we do that, those, the, the combination of those activities every day, whether it's checking out at a store, you're paying for a coffee, you're sending a text message, you're making a phone call. And imagine the effect it would have on your heart to establish such a small but frequent rhythm of gratitude to God in these little moments of everyday life. You reflect on the ways that God has cared for you. You do that hundreds of times each week over the course of the next year. So second uh, expression of gratitude for God's goodness in the psalm is gratitude for God's faithfulness. Gratitude for God's faithfulness. You know, and there's there's another repetition that arises in each of these conditions that the psalmist outlines. After each description of adversity that's being faced and after the people cry out to the Lord, this refrain is written four times. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. The word for steadfast love there kind of carries this connotation of unwavering covenantal faithfulness. And throughout the Old Testament, when that word appears, it's, it's often adjacent to the word for faithfulness. So when Moses asked to behold God's glory and the Lord appeared to him, the Lord reveals himself and describes himself as the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Those two things often go together, and they're descriptors not just of God's character, but of his intentions with his people. 
And you notice how the steadfast love of the Lord is described in the psalm. It is his love expressed specifically in action. It says, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For his steadfast love, for his wondrous works, are their parallels, with the latter emphasizing and expounding the former, meaning that God's steadfast love and faithfulness is expressed and displayed in the ways that he has worked, is working, and will continue to work in the lives of his people. He took those lost and wandering, and he not only saw them, he not only heard them, but he led them to a place to dwell. He took the hungry and the exhausted, and he satisfied their longing souls and provided them with good things. He took those in bondage, and he burst their bonds apart. He shattered the doors of bronze and cut the bars of iron. He took those suffering, affliction for their rebellion, and with a word, he healed them. He took those reeling and staggering dangerously upon the sea, and he calmed the storms and hushed the waves. He worked miraculously in the lives of his people, and his powerful work was the demonstration of his faithfulness. And the point is that we serve the same God who likewise shows his steadfast love and faithfulness to us. Our God not only sees and hears our needs, he not only cares, but he acts faithfully on our behalf. You know, I was recently, we were clean, Katie and I were cleaning out our room and, you know, we came to, to dust and clean the dreaded bookshelf. I don't know if you guys get this kind of feeling when you have to go and clean the bookshelf and you just like, oh, all those books we have to take off and dust. And, when, and so as we were in the process of cleaning this, you know, we got to the bottom where there are some, some old journals that I have down there from years and years and years ago. And I, I just took a moment and opened up some of these journals that uh, included, you know, notes and reflections and, and prayers, but some of them included just prayer lists, just a prayer journal, bullets, bullets upon bullets upon bullets of things that I'd prayed for 20, 25 years ago. And included family members who were going through difficulties, loved ones that were battling cancer, friends who were struggling with mental health or spiritual battles, prayers for myself, asking for God's direction and wisdom, for, for healing heartaches, for a yearning to grow in holiness or have victory in some area of sin or for provision of a need. And what struck me most is just as I was going through that journal, is seeing line upon line, page upon page of prayer requests that had a line through it, just a line marked through it over and over and over again, which meant that one way or another that that prayer had been answered. And what an encouragement it was to remember the ways that the Lord worked in my life and in the life of, lives of those around me, even though the way that he worked or the circumstances through which he worked were not always the things that I wanted or expected. You know, sometimes they were, they were joyous and sometimes they were quite painful. Sometimes the prayers were answered with healing, and other times they were not. Some childhood friends eventually came to faith in Christ, and others haven't yet. 
But through it all, God proved himself faithful. And this year, let us practice gratitude for how God has been faithful to us. In what ways has the Lord shown his faithfulness to you this year? In what small and big ways have you seen him work in power in your life or in the lives of those around you? I encourage you to spend some time today reflecting on and celebrating his demonstrated faithfulness to you in 2023. And as we move into this new year, what are some rhythms that you can put into place to practice gratitude for his faithfulness to you? Of course, there's the the wonderful routines like prayer before meals or at the end of a day. But what are some other points throughout the day that we we might attach a practice of gratitude? What if whenever you exercise, you spent time remembering God's faithfulness to you? You know, New Year, we're making exercise resolutions. We'll just go ahead and attach a gratitude resolution along with that, right? So when you go out for a jog or you ride on your bike or... Whenever you're, whenever you're moving your body, you reflect on how God has moved in your life. And you can go through a list of those examples. Thank you, Lord, for sustaining me through that stressful season. Thank you, Lord, for your guidance and your direction about that decision. Thank you, Lord, for healing my body from that ailment or for healing a friend or a loved one. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sin, for giving me your son, for cleansing me, for taking away my guilt and my shame, for leading me to a new and eternal home with you. Or maybe if exercise isn't part of your, reg- your regular rhythm right now or part of your, you know, your uh, resolutions for this year, uh, what if you use your commute time to give thanks for God's faithfulness? So any time that you're moving is a time that you're remembering how God has moved. So gratitude for God's care, gratitude for God's faithfulness, and finally, gratitude for God's provision. The writer uh, concludes the psalm with this reflection on the Lord. He says, He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. And they sow fields and plant vineyards, and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. And the point is straightforward. Even in the places of the greatest desperation, God provides for us. Even when circumstances seem bleak, even when the environment by all outward appearances look, looks barren, he can and will provide. He can take deserts and turn them into pools of water. And this includes spiritual provision, like taking our parched souls and pouring out his Holy Spirit into them to bring life, or taking our bonds of sin and shattering them and setting us free. But this also includes material provision as well. You know, just as God provided manna in the desert to sustain his people, so too does he provide for us to sustain us every day. And isn't it telling that when Jesus taught his disciples the very model on which they were to base their prayer lives, that central in the petition is this humble and dependent request, give us this day our daily bread. He is a God who provides 
for our daily needs. As the Lord said, he, he clothes the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. Are you not that much more valuable than grass and birds? And so this year, let us practice gratitude for the God who nourishes and sustains us. In what ways has the Lord provided for you this year? Whether it was material needs and work or transportation or in apartments or just having enough money to cover groceries each month, which is a pretty big answer to prayer. Or whether it was your spiritual needs, you know, encouragement in that dark time, comfort from his promises, the ministry of the word to you, the growth of the Holy Spirit birthed fruit. I encourage you to take time today to praise him, give thanks to him for his timely provision in your life. And then as we look ahead in this next year, what ways can we practice gratitude for, for his provision on a regular basis? What if every time you go to pay a bill or you check your bank account, you pause to remember the God who has provided everything that you have and all that you need, and you gave thanks to him? Or each time that you stepped into the shower, you said, Thank you, Lord, for the gift of this provision. Thank you that I get to enjoy things like a, a hot shower and a warm meal and a comfortable place to sleep. Or every time you open your Bible, you stop to say, Thank you, Lord, that you not only hear me when I call to you, but that I get to hear you through the gift of your word. You know, there, there are so many ways that we can practice gratitude in this year. And trying to implement all these, you know, may feel kind of like overload, but hopefully one or two of them will stick out as feasible ways that you can try incorporating into the, the rhythms of your new year. And at the end of this year, in the start of a new one, may we have hearts that reverberate this verse. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Amen.